0: All right,
1: well, welcome to the very first Close It Now podcast that has a guest. This is an interview today, so I'm super, super excited. Again, my name is Sam Wakefield, and uh, this is a a monumental moment because this is also going to be one of the first videos for our YouTube channel, which is rolling as well. So uh, thank you for checking in so far. At least of recording time, we are in 25 countries being listened to at this point. Uh, So I'm, I'm really excited about everything that's going on around the world with being able to connect to you amazing HVAC salespeople in all the countries around the world, all languages, everything that's coming together. Because at the end of the day, the psychology is the same, the way that we interact with our clients. And lead from a a servant perspective. If you serve your clients, the money part of it, the closing the deal takes care of itself. And that's really the philosophy that we we roll with on Close It Now. So uh, yeah, so thank you for tuning in today. My special guest is somebody who I've known for a long time, actually, coming up on uh, almost 10 years now. We've known each other for almost a decade. I met this guy initially when I was a young Padawan learning the sales process myself and obviously an expert at the time. I took a class, actually it was about a two or three day boot camp training under uh, this gentleman. He uh, started in 1982 in the uh, heating and air industry, so doesn't look nearly that old, guys. (laughs) But started as, just like so many of us, started as an installer. He was an attic rat like myself, service tech got his license, decided to, for things to get better, he had to get better, which is, of course, also the philosophy of our, of our channel here. So he went and got his residential and commercial licenses, ended up becoming a sales manager at a big company. That company ended up, you know, was bought a couple times and kept growing and growing, ended up being bought by a manufacturer. And then in 1998, they said, you know what? You've done such a good job with your company, who you're leading, Would you go out and help some of these other companies who are struggling and maybe having some uh, having some friction points and some hurdles to get over? And so that saw some success there, and they kept asking him. So at that point, he decided to make a career of that himself, and that's when he opened his business, which is the HVAC Coaching Corner. We'll make sure to get you all of the uh, contact info for Tom here. He's also Fun fact about him, he's had an amazing life journey. So not only is he disciplined in his business, he's disciplined in his personal life as well. At one point in time, he had hit a 340 pounds. And uh, for all of you foreign people, I'm not sure what that is in kilos, but I'm sure you can do the math there. Wow. 340 pounds, but has now at his worst, but now at his best, he enjoys cycling, hiking, super active lifestyle, remodeling a house in uh, in Florida for with him and his bride. And he's now at 222 and crushing it every single day, both business and fitness. So without further ado, thank you for joining me today, Mr. Tom Whitman.
2: Thank you for the invitation.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So just a super quick bio, obviously, about yourself, but give us a a little bit more insight into your philosophy and your, I guess, focus on Maybe one of the biggest struggles that trade companies, obviously you help both plumbing and heating and air companies, but maybe one of the biggest struggles that they have and your kind of vision for overcoming that.
2: From the business sense or the selling sense? Let's start with the business sense, just in general. Okay. The biggest challenge is, and I mean, I've lived through it myself during my you know, journey, is them, the business understanding a few principles, right? Mm-hmm. So cash flow is a big thing for small companies. Minding cash flow and cash spread every day is super important because Sam, you can have a profitable profit and loss statement and be making money, run out of cash and go out of business. So that's number one, watch your cash flow. Number two is understand where your uh, break even is for revenue every month. Mm-hmm. And if they can at least track those two things starting out, they're going to be very successful because they're going to know if they ha- they're growing their cash and they're going to know if they're going to surpass break even and make more informed decisions each month. It's not easy being, starting out in a truck, you know, one person and building a company. Right. But those two things are easily tracked. If they monitor that, everything else is, everything else is going to come pretty easy for them. Sure, so uh, sure. those two principles, even in the largest companies are mm-hmm. often overlooked. overlooked flow and breakeven. And then right. everything else has to do with, you know, growing the company and how do you equip the, people in the field to do the things they need to do to make sure that the
1: company's going to be profitable. Sure, you know that makes perfect sense. You know, I see that every day even in our market here, you get these large companies that every 6 or 7 years they end up having to be sold, you know, they've got a 40 or 50 year history, right. but every 6 to 8 years they're bought by somebody else because they're going under because in the off season, they for example maybe drop their prices so low just to win jobs that they don't understand that they're, they're functioning in the red and they're actually paying to do the work instead right. of keeping, a, you know, keeping quality and, and keeping the prices where they should be. And so they don't have to, to do, that, do that, that all the time. Either,
2: right? I mean, that's the strategy. If they can get, while well, we're there, I mean, if they can acquire enough maintenance agreements during demand season to stay in front of customers during the slow season, they can be less weather dependent and not have to work, do, do those type of things. Right. So there's a strategy for everything.
1: Yeah, actually, that's a great segue. Right now is a, a perfect time. Obviously, we're time of recording. This is December tenth. Uh, you guys are probably going to see and hear this recording in January of 2020, but which is you know dead winter for most places. But which means obviously there's a lot of you know a lot of heating season going on. But also the other part of the world. I know I've got a big listener base in Australia. You guys are right in the middle of summer, so now's a good time to plan and start thinking about what's going to happen in four months from now. How am I going to handle that time of the year and to basically, like just like you said, weatherproof your business? You know, How do you advise for that?
2: Well, first of all, you need to be thinking winter all summer and summer all winter. So, oh, I like uh, that. You know, that's Jim Rohn you know, give uh, accolades to Jim Rohn. But the fact of the matter is, managers can't do it. It's up to the people that are in front of customers and customer service reps to plant those seeds and focus on it. And there's a lot of dynamics as to why they don't want to do it. One big one is that uh, a lot of companies may not manage their agreements well. What I mean by that, demand season, could you imagine being a technician and it's hundred degrees outside and your first two calls are preventative maintenance service agreement customers. And then you're out till 10 o'clock at night servicing repairs. That's kind of a distractor for sure. uh, technicians. But if they can buy into the process and discipline themselves to push those calls into the months they need to work and free up opportunities for more incoming calls, and then take the older equipment, non-customer equipment first and you know prioritize that way, my gosh, it changes the lives of the entire company at that point. They can literally be less weather dependent, but it takes the technicians and the customer service reps to buy into it to see how it helps them and mm-hmm. actually make it happen.
1: Wow. Yeah. No, like that. So you're saying to really, basically just start to prioritize your calls you when people, when they reach out or is what you're doing is just prioritize? Okay. Set up a actual agenda of, these come first, these come second, these come third, and then stick to that.
2: Of course, take care of your existing customers and commitments first, right? That's the ethical thing to do. But anything else that comes in that's a, a non-client, anybody that's not an agreement customer isn't a customer, I believe. Sure. And, uh, if so they're yeah, not in the family, like I say. That's exactly right. So everything uh, from that point forward, all goes first. And it's the dispatching. Management's a little bit different, too, because instead of building a tight schedule, during demand season, you're going to be sliding those calls off to the side, and we'll say the next available technician will get to you. Mm-hmm. And then you just you just keep the list growing, and sure. it changes the dynamic of business. You can do it in one season.
1: Wow. Well, yeah. what kind of a, uh, so with companies that you've done this with, what, do you have some examples of like some uh, general
2: yeah, well, numbers that
1: you've turned it around?
2: I had a, a plumbing company that went into the heating and cooling business, and uh, they were struggling at about, at about a half a million, couldn't keep employees. The cycle was bad. I went in and got, I was involved with them more of a, a hands-on, you know, mm-hmm. so we were a weekly, make sure things happen. The first year, the first cycle through the season, they went from a half a million to 1.5. Wow. We had to restructure. They
1: tripled their growth.
2: It was awesome. Yeah, because, I mean, they had four technicians and they were running probably 500 calls a month, turning 60% of those into agreements mm-hmm. and anywhere from 8 to 12% into replacements. Right. So, I mean, imagine doing that over three or four months. It doesn't take long to get some things put in place. I love uh, that. I so love that. we went in, restructured a little bit, you know, put people in charge of, Performance in the field so that, you know, because as you grow, you have to restructure a little bit. Uh, the second year, they hit 2.2. So right now, they're on a, a pretty nice growth pattern right now, but it's a matter of keeping, <laughs> up, keeping up with the structure. So, probably, yeah,
1: yeah. At that point, it's just a matter of managing the, the scalability and just the details.
2: Yeah, pretty much. But there's a lot of details.
1: So, <laughs> so I want to, because this is a very sales focused podcast and my whole business is centered around the sales focus. And a lot of it is the conversations. Let's dive in a little bit and kind of park there for a minute. You were mentioning the technician's responsibility in the field to have that conversation with the client, to turn 60% into maintenance agreement customers and which the eight to twelve percent into turnovers. Right. What does that conversation look like? Because context here, I've got a lot of a lot of people in the group that listen sure. are Just that there's small companies, maybe the owners doing the service and the installs, or a little bit larger. So people wearing a lot of hats, or a lot of big companies too. Actually, we're we're pretty spread. So yeah, what's that look like?
2: That's real simple, really. It's it's called a risk assessment. It's the same profile that life insurance agencies have been using for years. What's the average life of the system? The age, average life, in or out of warranty, and probability of future repairs. For example, if the system is 18 years old, the average life is 15 to 20, it's out of warranty, the probability of future repairs are high. For that reason, I'd recommend getting a comfort advisor out to give you some options on upgrading to a newer system, or we can go ahead and restore operation. What would you like to do? Mm -hmm. So if they choose to get a, a comfort advisor out, they've converted it to a lead. If they say, let's go ahead and repair it, then I would highly recommend a maintenance agreement so you can get a discount on today's repair. We'll be out here twice a year to get up in front of any issues. And if you ever have a need when it's hot like this, you'll go to the front of the line service. Nice. That's how they do it. It's not complicated, Yeah. <laughs> you know? but it's, it's fact-based. There's no opinion. Everything can be validated with facts. So, but when the technicians stay disciplined, to the process, they get phenomenal results without a lot of pushback.
1: I love it, I love it, yeah, that's fantastic. And it's so so much like we talk about here, we're not twist somebody's arm, we're not making something up, it's just basically asking permission and then the client says
2: yes. You know from the old days, your customer's in control of making decisions, we're in control of keeping them in control, right?
1: that's right. That's right. <laughs> we give them control back by asking the right questions. Exactly uh, but right. by asking the right questions, we all know from, you know, we've always heard the one who asks the most questions is the one that keeps control of the conversation. And it's a beautiful, beautiful cycle, a beautiful circle.
2: It's talk fun. A you, lot about that philosophy. You and, the skill. It's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I love it. I love it. So let's talk about sales teams a little bit. What are some of the common challenges you find when you're, say, when you're turning around a struggling sales team? And uh, what do you do to, to correct that?
2: I think probably the biggest one I find is that as a company grows, they'll hire a salesperson or a sales consultant to be the savior, if you will. And they're left on their own accord to manage their leads, run the calls, and do everything. And then as the company starts to grow... There really isn't any lead coordination or tracking of performance and results. So making that shift is a challenge, especially if you have a a person that's been there contributing for a few years, managing the whole process. And then it's time to bring more people in. So Mm -hmm. I think the first one is right off the bat, start managing those leads to final disposition and be disciplined enough to schedule the salespeople. Very similar to you would a technician for the calls, and monitor those leads. I mean, Sam, those leads cost anywhere from four hundred to seven hundred dollars a lead. And could you imagine handing somebody, I don't know, fifteen hundred dollars and say, "Here, here's fifteen hundred dollars. Go out and make more money for me." And right. you're not tracking. That's virtually what happens when those leads aren't tracked. So I would say that's number one. Fair. Number two. Fair is not having a, uh, a sales process that can be replicated and uh, tracked mm-hmm. so, and evident. So with the processes that we use, we can jump in a car with a, with a comfort advisor and do a quick an evaluation and figure out two or three gaps, right?
1: Mm-hmm. That's, Absolutely. Let,
2: let's tighten it up. Well, that's what people need. Number one, tracking. Number two, a process that can be evaluated so that we can help these salespeople get better at what they do. Mm-hmm. And then sure. the third one, mindset. It's a big thing. For the comfort advisors, mindset. They need to learn how to learn the lesson, forget the mistake, and develop a skill. Those three things. If they can learn the lesson, forget the mistake, their mindset's gonna be right. When they learn a new skill, they're gonna perform at a higher level.
1: Absolutely. I love to tell everybody, you don't, we never lose. And what we do, we never lose. We either win or we learn. And then move forward from it. That's a choice. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly it. It's that mental choice to take those steps forward and just to get better from each time. I know that when I, even myself being in the field still as well, you know, I learn new verbiage or I learn a, there's a new closing technique I want to try or whatever. I know I'm going to have some learning moments along the way, when people (laughs) say, you know what, I think you're crazy. (laughs) But at the same time, it's your laboratory. That's why it's something we're always moving forward from. We talked a little bit about the tracking those numbers to those leads all the way to completion. What are those KPIs to look for, those key performance indicators? What things should a comfort consultant, a project manager, whatever we call ourselves, what numbers should they be tracking and, and then how do they interact with each other to move that ball forward?
2: That's a great question. Well, number one is sales volume. Mainly we should be tracking that anyway because we want to make sure we get past break even. So sales volume, presentations, how many presentations, and then closing percentage, X amount of presentations, what percentage closed, and then average dollar, what's your average dollar per sale. True. Okay, Those are the core four right there. And I would also include reviews. You know, they look for and try to obtain reviews after, after every sale and go mm-hmm. back to the customer. But there's one okay. caveat in that I'd like to, to add, if I may. Absolutely. Uh, we have a, uh, a process where the comfort or the salespeople, lay out their own sales plan. And it's interesting. We started to implement that four years ago. What's interesting is most of the comfort advisors, when they understand how to plan, they usually set a sales target that way exceeds what the expectation of the company expected of them. Interesting. The unexpected consequence of that was fascinating because we we shifted towards this is your monthly quota to, hey, I want to work with you as your sales plan. And if the comfort advisor's plan exceeded the minimum, we're good with that.
1: Yeah,
2: eighty percent of the time, the comfort advisors' plan exceeded the minimum quota, and they were on yeah. fire to do that. It's almost as if we were putting a glass ceiling on them by limiting their potential just based on what the comp- the minimum needs for the company.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. That that makes so much sense to me because I'm that I'm that type of person. I know so many people who listen, but you know, men and women both are. If you're doing A-Track or or plumbing or whatever, but doing A-Track sales, you are an achiever. You are more than an achiever, or you wouldn't make this a career. To function with a a 100% commission mentality and know that that's how you want it to be, otherwise you're limited, that makes so much sense. Because we all know (laughs) that (laughs) on any given day, are we really giving it our all? And the answer is most of the time, probably not. We know there's juice left in the tank. So to be given those reins and that buy-in of let's control my own destiny here and shoot for, this, you know, shoot for the moon, that makes so much sense So why those numbers you know, are so much higher most of the time. Right.
2: Yeah. So that was a good unexpected consequence. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, that's great. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, cool. I, I had a cool idea with this because, so I'm going to set a quick context for this next section here. I'm sorry, before we do that, anything else you'd like to add? We, we've covered some cool stuff so far.
2: Well, <laughs> I'll take your lead on this one. There's, there's plenty of, we could talk for hours, I'm sure. So. Oh, I know
1: it. I know it. <laughs> um, oh, you know, before, actually, before we do this, one thing I, I'd like to just quickly go through and just to get your thoughts on this, the way that, the way I teach my system, and the way that everybody that's listening is starting to understand the reason that we do some of the things in the specific order that we do on that, is to set credibility pieces. One of the biggest foundations that we've started with is when you do your, the very first thing is getting into the house. And so we're, we're in the house, we've introduced, obviously introduced ourselves. But then getting into the introduction and asking, everything that we do is based on kind of the three steps of asking permission, giving the data, and then checking in to make sure it was received and how it was received before you move on to any more data points. And so with that, that's the initial introduction, which is about the company. Super quick, set some credibility pieces there. The introduction about yourself, so a couple quick credibility pieces there. And then we're set the, setting the agenda for what we're going to do. What is this visit going to look like? Just like a doctor's visit. And part of the reason that I like to make sure that this first initial step in the house is in place is we're something new that's introduced to their world. So anything new that gets introduced to anybody's space, headspace, They're going to be resistant to it until they get comfortable with that atmosphere. So, even if they don't pay any attention to your words that you're, you know, those data points you're telling them, they're getting comfortable with you
2: and then you can move on. What are your thoughts on that type of a process? I completely agree with you. There's a a couple of other things I've learned over the last six years. One is personality styles and keep it super easy. We have a direct or social for people. So, Direct individual, you're going to notice them right off the back. I'm a recovering dominant direct individual. <laughs> so they usually want to get down to business pretty quick. Uh-huh. So you usually gain credibility with them by evidencing issues as opposed to having dialogue about their, uh, how, how their company is in their home. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying to omit that piece of it. However, when you identify a dominant individual, you're going to gain credibility by getting down to business. Yeah. And you have bullet points. A social yeah. person, you're going to walk in, they're going to have a picture of sweet tea on the back porch, drink the tea, have a conversation with them, ask questions because they're going to decide if they like you. If they like you, they're going to buy from
1: you. Right.
2: And uh, so that's, that's fundamental. Have an understanding of who your client is and try to reflect their behavior, mannerisms, and, and tonality. And mm-hmm. you'll go a long way and develop a good rapport. Second, sure. Is ask a few questions. My favorite ones are, "Who in the home has allergies, hay fever, asthma, or any respiratory issues?" And when they answer those questions, be quiet and listen. After they finish a statement, say, "Tell me more about that." Get them talking about it, because there's an emotional connection to that problem that they're telling you. And if you can show them evidence what the problem is and explain to them how you can solve it chances are they're gonna buy from Mm you. And that's one thing a lot of heating and air conditioning contractors miss. They just go on, focus on the equipment without asking that question or where do you notice most of the the noise from your system or how difficult, which areas are difficult to heat or cool, things like that. Mm -hmm. Once they say yes, the upstairs bedroom's cold or I hear a lot of noise by my deck or my daughter has allergies, have a conversation about it. If we were able to reduce those allergies or make the bed more comfortable or reduce the noise, would that be important to you? Yes, it would. By all means, write it down. And your job is to evidence the problem and evidence how you can solve that problem. And you really, you, you're really, you you really going to have a high probability of making that sale. I
1: love it. I love it. Yeah. The, one of the, I uh, actually have developed a homeowner questionnaire that uh, is a free, for any of you who are watching or listening that want it, you can go to the Facebook group it's in the files section or email me at sam at CloseItNow.net. and I will send you a free copy of the homeowner questionnaire that we've developed. If and Sam put
2: it together it's great so <laughs> thank
1: you thank you It's uh pulled from a lot of sources that, that we've shared over the years and and just so much of that is so powerful um because and you're right that's it at the end of the day, the homeowners will have two, three, five, however many companies come in to give bids. And we don't give bids. We give evaluations. We give qualified estimates, quotes, proposals. We don't drop bids and run. And that's a psychological thing that's really important because it's about connect, doing things differently and connecting to people in a way that they are emotionally tied to. Who cares about the box? the box just turns on and off. It's how we navigate everything else that surrounds that particular heater, air conditioner, whatever. And and in the conversation can really determine what happens there. So with that, that is a really, thank you. That was a perfect segue into when people get, you're in the house and we always hear that, almost always hear, well, gosh, I'm gonna to have to get three bids on this. Or I'm, man, I, I just, I've gotta do my, another one I hear a lot in, uh, here in the Austin, Texas area is, man, I've gotta do my due diligence. Meaning, I've gotta to talk to more people. And I've gotten a lot of questions from a lot of people in my group of, how do we handle that I've gotta get three bids objection? And the visit went great. It felt like we had a great connection. I thought we were ready to close the deal right then, and then all of a sudden they hit me with, it's like the punch in the gut. oh, I've got to get three bids. What do I do with that? Okay. So now would be, yeah, let's, let's have some fun here and really go through some different ways to handle that particular objection.
2: Sure, there's a, a, a concept, well, it's not a concept, how to advance the sale to the next logical step, okay? So mm-hmm. either you're gonna close tonight or reset with all interested parties or maybe if commits, commits, or revisit after research, right? So I'll just leave it at that and then go for it. Let's bring it on. Let's have some fun.
1: Sure, sure. Yeah, no, and that's perfect. That, that's exactly right. So okay, so Tom, let's be uh, you'd be Mr. Amazing Super Rock Star Comfort Consultant. You've come okay. to my house. I'll start it with what you would normally actually let let's back up and go ahead and ask for the sale. This will be the first ask for the sale, and then I'll I'll take it from there as Mr. Homeowner.
2: Okay, well, Sam, did uh, everything we covered make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, can you see how all the additional work is going to do a, a great job of, with your uh, with your goals? Yeah, it really seems like it's probably going to. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, how soon would you like to start enjoying your new system?
1: Well, you know, I. Uh, Obviously, you know, we've, we're having some issues here. It's on a, It's just about dead or it literally just died. We've got a cold snap coming. So I'm going to have to make this decision pretty soon.
2: Okay. All right. How soon before you are going to decide uh, to move forward?
1: Yeah, probably this week
2: sometime. This week? Oh, that's soon? Yeah. Okay. All right. Great. So if you don't mind me asking, what's going to be different between now and then?
1: Well, you know, we're going uh, to do some due diligence here. I've never made any kind of decision like this without getting three bids. So, okay. you know, you were, you were the first one in, so that's uh, just full disclosure. I just want to let you know.
2: Well, thank you for that. My wife and I do the same thing. We just want to make sure we're not getting taken advantage of. I, I can appreciate that. Yeah. But you say you're probably finished your research by the end of the week. Is that right? Yeah,
1: probably so. We've got a couple other appointments coming in this week. Okay.
2: All right. Well, I can't tell you that our price reflects everything that you're getting with the system. And so will theirs. You're going to find a few that may be a little bit higher, but if you do find anybody that's promising what we're promising at a lower price, there's probably some gaps in what you're getting. Okay. And if you're going to be finishing by say Friday or so, it would be my pleasure to pop by and visit again with you and your wife, just review what we're offering. And I don't want to know who the other companies are or even see the proposal. I'm just going to ask you a few questions and we'll do what's called an us and them. And at the end, at least you'll have a more informed, be able to make a more informed decision. And you know what, I'd be even happy to, uh, for the inconvenience of having me back, I'd offer up a $50 gift certificate to the restaurant of your choice. What do you say? Yeah, you know, that that'd probably work. Yeah, okay. sounds good. Well, great, then uh, we'll see you this Friday. Yeah, yeah, I think. Uh,
1: yeah, I think, our, actually, we we're wanting to go ahead and do a little sooner than that. Tomorrow, With the other two come in, do any, any sooner days than Friday?
2: Yeah, matter of fact, looks like, would Wednesday work for you? Yeah, Wednesday probably be fine. Okay, about uh, three o'clock? Sounds good. Okay, we'll see you then. So that's one way to directly, right? There's another way to do it, but it depends upon how comfortable the company is with certain guarantees to reduce risk. Sure. Okay, so now framing that. Yeah, what do you mean by that? (laughs) What do I mean by that? Uh, A lot of companies have a uh, a money back or an exchange policy within the first year. You know, that simply says if uh, they're not happy with the company, the system, or the design at all, they'll do whatever it takes to make it right, including a full refund for the installation with up to a year. Some companies are comfortable with that. Some companies aren't, Mm -hmm. right? But all I'm doing is sharing in general what works. 40% of the time with customers.
1: And just super quick as a pop-out for everybody listening and watching, all of these different ways to go about this, these are different uh, tools in your toolbox. Uh, Not everyone, that's why Tom just said 40% of the time, not everyone is the magic bullet for this objection. However, your job is through the visit to start to understand the type of person you're you're talking to the personality and the what they're responding to throughout the visit and judge your level of of rapport with them that you've built throughout the visit to know that if and when this comes up which tool to grab for the job if you're a hammer everything looks like a nail but when uh-huh. you've got a set of tools then you can pick the right one that's, you pinpoint to exactly what needs to happen there. So that's the the quick context for that. And for example, my company does offer that one year, no questions asked, money back guarantee, the one year test drive. so that is a really great way to go about. So how about you be, I'll take on this one because I'm really uh, comfortable and and familiar with this one. You be Mr. Homeowner and we'll use that one. So for all of you companies out there, that offer that, this is the, the really fantastic verbiage to to be able to use this one at, to handle that. So Tom, so we've gone over everything with the, the project, talked about little Johnny's room in the corner and you can see how what we're planning on doing there is gonna make that room so much more comfortable they're gonna wake up and not having to have that you know dangerous space heater like we talked about in the bedroom anymore, right? Right. Great, great, okay. And, you know, and your wife with the, the allergies, gosh, being so bad that she has to get shots. And we talked about being able to reduce that so many with so many of our clients that uh, just swear by our process for handling the, the allergies in the home. And you'd like to include that here as well, right? Yes. Good. Okay, great. Well, cool. So, yeah, you know, we know you can talk to, uh, you know, a ton of different companies in the area. And I really appreciate you giving us a call. and everything else we talked about the systems all that makes sense Mm -hmm. good okay well cool well you know really the last thing is just the next steps are uh, you know picking an installation date and uh, get you on the calendar how's that sound
2: well that sounds fine but uh, I just need to do a little bit more research
1: research okay is there a part of the project that do you want to research is it some of the installation methods or something like that
2: no, I mean, you did a great job, explained everything very well. You're the second person I've talked to. Okay. So if, if that was my decision, you would definitely win. But I've scheduled uh, two more people out, you know, just to have a discussion. I'm not sharing the proposals or anything like that. I am just gotcha. I just want to make sure to do my due diligence. To, it's a big investment. I just want to make sure that, you know, we're not going to get taken advantage of. So.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. No, I get that. You know, and it is such a big investment, and we don't take it lightly at all. You know, obviously you found us because of our reviews online and how we handle. In fact, you mentioned earlier, the reason that you called us is not because of the positive reviews, but how we handle the negative ones when they do arise. And we're known for taking care of problems immediately. And that's something that really spoke to you. So with having that reputation, you know, I think you're really going to like, you know, my wife and I, we do the same thing. We want to make sure, you you know, you mentioned not taken advantage of. But really, at the end of the day, you can talk to, you've already talked to one. So we're number two. Question for you would be, what are you really looking for that you haven't found already with us?
2: I guess I just want to make sure I'm not overpaying for the work.
1: Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay, great. You know, there's a, uh, hang on a second. Let me grab this form here. This is something I think you guys are going to enjoy. So we do something that's a little different and you'll be really hard pressed to find another company anywhere in the area that has the same kind of guarantee, especially that puts it in writing like we do. So this is what we call our one-year test drive. So here's the form. What this means is for any reason in the first year, if you're not satisfied with the performance in the new equipment, we're not able to take care of those problems. Like we say, we're going to call me up in a year and say, you know what, Sam, this this just didn't work out. We will, and underline it, we will refund every penny back that you paid us. And that's our way of taking the risk so you don't have to. I'm asking you for thousands of dollars here. We should be the ones taking that risk so you don't have to. So taking that risk off and knowing that we have this guarantee and no other company is going to have that, why don't you say we get on the calendar now?
2: Wow. Have you ever had to refund any money?
1: You know what? In fact, we have, and we've stood behind it.
2: Uh, Would you like to hear that story? You know what? Let's go ahead and do it. Sounds good. Welcome to the family. Okay, thank you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Great. That's one way that uh, I've used that dozens of times, in fact, for, for closes. That's been really, really effective. And typically, either the story comes up then, or at some point in the process I've sprinkled in a story, about because remember everyone stories sell facts tell so stories are so important when you come across a situation and you can think of a story that's a similar type of scenario to whatever the homeowner is, say, like, man, this reminds me of this other client I had. It was kind of a similar situation. Here's their problem that was so much like yours and here's what their outcome is now and they love it. I just saw them at the grocery store the other day and they they gave me a high five and told me how much they love their love their system now. When you sprinkle in stories like that through the process, it makes things so much better. <laughs> and so, so yes. but so the story would you normally come up of how we we refunded the, the money because of whatever scenario. It's never been because somebody was just upset at us because of the equipment or whatever. It's always some, something else. And the way that we handle people properly is just taking care of them like family. I had a situation that a lady was, and this is a story that any of you listeners can actually use. They, somebody that I work with did this, right? There was a story of a lady. She installed a really top-of-the-line system with us. For whatever reason, a couple weeks later, she just said that the she could feel the voltage in the control wire that we installed, which of course was really unusual. We will come to find out, of course, she had some medical things, and her family actually committed her to a an institution a couple weeks later. And so what we did as the family came to us wanting to take advantage of the money back guarantee, not because anything was wrong with the system, but because they just needed the money back for her situation. So what we did is we took the equipment out, installed super basic equipment for her, refunded the difference and said, here, you know what, this is just the right thing to do, but you're selling the house. So it's going to need a heating and air system in it. And so that's the way that we take care of people. And so that's telling that story also to the homeowner and say, that's the way that we take care of our family. Would you like to go with a company that takes care of people like that or to go with a, you know, some who knows who? And so yeah,
2: yeah, stories, stories are, are powerful. powerful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely.
1: So anyway, uh, total pop out, but um, <laughs> yeah. what is there another way to handle the three beds comparison?
2: Well, there is. There's one thing about uh, the word objections anymore that I, I shake when people say objection, because there's really no such thing as an objection. Yeah, it's there's just a, a question re-
1: that's not answered yet,
2: right? Well, there's reasons for not buying, and reasons are solvable, but there are situations where they simply can't, and it's important to to uh, discern which which one that is. You know, some reasons are I'm not sure how to pay for it. Don't know if I want to spend that much and getting other bids. It's either a value issue or a money issue, one of those two. Mm-hmm. If we can uncover the reason, isolate, if we could solve this problem for you, whether it be any reason not to move forward and close, that's what it's about. And the reason I say that is because I think the word objection for a salesperson oftentimes, I know a lot of I'm going to get hate mail. So when I say this, it's used as an excuse, right? Uh, I
1: totally agree. It's a crutch to bail it, out on the on doing out. the work.
2: And there's only maybe what, five, six, seven, eight reasons. I don't know how to pay for it. I'm gonna do it later. I need to speak to my spouse I'm getting other bids because I wanna make sure I'm not overpaying, getting other bids to see if there's anything better out there. I found it cheaper online. I've got a buddy in the business that's gonna handle it for me. You're three thousand dollars more than the other person. Mm-hmm. You know, that's imagine if everybody knew how to solve those problems, right? Yeah. Any other industry, and I say this respectfully because I love this industry and heating, air conditioning and plumbing, they don't look at it that way. How do I solve these problems and uncover and solve? And then once they get a good feel of how to do that, results go through the roof. But it takes uh-huh. a lot of privilege to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. In this, so much of it is the training, training yourself that, like you mentioned, the, the mindset, mindset and the belief yeah. system and having the just overall intestinal fortitude to ask the questions when it in those uncomfortable moments. And it's only uncomfortable because we think it's uncomfortable. Right. I know you and I both have, we've gone down that road where we've gone through literally every single step of the close, like question after question, and asked for the sale six, eight, 10, 12 times with the homeowner, make the sale, and they thank us for helping them buy. It was never a, I feel pressured. It's never a resistance. It's much more, thank you. I didn't even know why I was saying no,
2: but you helped me uncover that real reason. Right, just managing the conversation, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. for sure. Yeah, so super powerful. So uh, let's do one more. Okay. Another way to handle that, and then uh, we'll get everybody, all of your contact information, of course. Okay. And uh, wrap the call up here. Yeah. You want to take one more?
2: All right. Yeah. I'm going to use the, uh, in a different way. Okay. okay. Well, you had, so, uh, well, let me ask you, we have a, an opening Thursday or Friday. What works better for the installation?
1: Uh, well, you know, Friday is probably going to work better. I think we're going to be off, but you know, this is, this is only Monday. You know, we've got a couple more bids coming in between now and then to, uh, before we make our final decision.
2: Okay. Well, you know what, Sam? I appreciate that. My wife and I, typically do the same thing. We just want to make sure we don't get taken advantage of, right? Sure. So let me ask you a question. Can you remember a time when you made a significant purchase and then when you brought that purchase home, regretted making that purchase? Oh yeah, definitely. Tell me about that.
1: So yeah, we, uh, (laughs) here, I'll use a real life example. My wife and I were at training a conference one time and, it was really energetic and the person from the sales sold us these we take responsibility but we decided to buy these big uh, expensive future courses that we were going to attend and we got home and instantly regretted it cuz it was way more than we ever tended to to spend when we were we were there uh, we ended up calling them back and they had a their policy was if we didn't talk to them within 3 days there's no money back there's and so we were just stuck with these things they were like almost rude that we had called back and tried to get refunds on them.
2: Wow, so you had no recourse to get a refund?
1: No, no, it was, uh, it was a pretty rough situation.
2: Okay, well, you know, our company, we don't think that's fair. That's why we offer a uh, exchange policy. Simply stated, for the first year of ownership, if you're not happy with the performance of the system, or company, or anything at all, we'll do whatever it takes to make it right, or, Replace your system with another new one or give you a 100% refund. Whatever it takes to make you happy. So we take all the risks and we don't have to. We're very serious about making sure that our customers are 100% satisfied. So now you can be assu- that you can be assured that you're not overpaying and you have recourse if you are not happy with the performance of our company or your system. Would there be any reason not to move forward with scheduling
1: the work? Wow. You're the first person that's ever mentioned anything like that. You know, that's definitely everybody else seems like they're, they're just here. They're going to put it in. And that's why we've talked, contacted so many firms is because just trying to fill out who we think the most, most integrity is. So that's something that's important to us. So, wow, that's truly fantastic. Do you you have anything in writing for that? Or is there anything? Uh,
2: I do. Here's our, guarantee if you will
1: yeah wow well what do you think honey you know what i really like that yeah let's go ahead and get it on the uh let's go ahead and get it in can we still do it friday
2: absolutely congratulations by the way you're going to love your new system cool okay so uh, thoughts create an emotion emotion determines action action determines outcome right Mm -hmm. so i've over the last four years i've learned that technique and it's fun because you can influence the way people think about what they're about to purchase. Mm-hmm. And if that's a positive experience, chances are the outcome is going to be positive as well, so long as you back it up. Sure. Right? So it, it kind of puts a different twist on the, uh, the whole no lemons guarantee and, and all
1: that. Yeah, so. and I love that you had them retell the story because that obviously situational puts them back in the emotion of what it was like. It's basically building that gap. They think what you're offering is here, but when you asked them about that situation, it made them emotionally remember how bad it actually was. Right. And then the way that you proposed the, the guarantee, it, it moved that up to here. So that gap was so much bigger that they're realizing you know, where they're going
2: to be versus what that was like. Yeah, it's kind of unpacks the mental subconscious reminder of the mistake they made. Mm-hmm. And brought it to uh, brought it to the table. So sure,
1: sure, yeah, and, and when things come into the light, obviously they're not as scary as they were when it was just in a distant memory.
2: Right. Yeah. yeah. So oh, that's powerful.
1: But, uh, I love it. Well, cool. I appreciate you so much being with me today, doing this interview. I'll make sure to get you all of the uh, info about it as when it goes up, and for everyone else, you can go to closeitnow.net to check out. Of course, check out all the close it now information. Join our Facebook group because we have—it's a great continuing conversation. It's a good place to ask questions. A great community there of like-minded people who are one to serve others and also work less and earn more. Crush it in this industry. There's no reason that you, with almost—you can almost sneeze and sell a million dollars worth of uh, worth of equipment in our industry if you treat it properly and way up from there there's people in the group that are going to do three four five million this year this this coming year and more and so and earn six figures all over the map in the six-figure range so that is what we're all about is encouraging and coaching you to to be able to do that so i'm going to give some uh some super quick contact information for tom if you want to get in touch with him do you still have your podcast it will be on the What's website. the best way for everybody
2: to get in touch with you, I guess? Probably uh, email or phone, coachtomw at gmail.com. Okay. And uh, the website is hvaccoachingcorner.com. It's, uh, the new site is going to be launched before this airs. So that'll great, be...
1: Great, great. It'll be hvaccoachingcorner.com. Yes. Yeah. Thanks. Excellent.
2: Excellent. Yeah. All
1: right.
2: Any, uh, any parting thoughts? before we wrap this up? Well, you know what? It's a pleasure to work with you. And uh, as you know, uh, the rising tide raises all ships. You know, we're starting to, at least for me, and it sounds like you are too, starting to to get a little bit of a network of like-minded people that do what we do to help each other, help more contractors. So uh, kudos to you for for putting this platform together. And you know what? Look forward to uh, seeing what the future brings.
1: Yes, sir. Absolutely. I appreciate it so much as well. Well, all right, everyone, this has been another episode of Close It Now. So you guys and ladies, go out there, save the world one heat stroke at a time. Go save the world one frostbite at a time. We will talk to you again soon. Take care.
0: podcast.